Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. All right, so today we're taking up our REACH offering. Today our miracle offering, or not our miracle offering, sorry, our missions offering today. And if you were here last week, you would have heard, by the way, it was crazy weather, so a lot couldn't make it last week because of the crazy weather, people being flooded in. And how crazy is the weather, by the way? Um, nuts. Um, anyway, last week I shared our vision for our Missions giving this year that, um, that we want to do as a church to take this message beyond just ourselves. And so if you missed what I shared, you can listen to the podcast online. And um, if you didn't hear that, but today we are going to give towards that and prepare for that. So perhaps you'd like to prepare for that now. But before, I, before we take that up, I just want to say a few things. I read this quote this morning by Anne Voskamp. If any of you read any of her stuff, obviously Moya does. Uh, She is a real wordsmith, just a beautiful author, but she wrote this this morning and it just touched my heart. She said, love is leaving your world to enter into another's world. Just ask Jesus. He's love himself. I love that. Love is leaving your world to enter into somebody else's world, which is the message of Christ. It is the gospel. And that is what our reach offering is all about. That's actually what it's actually all about, that love would leave here and that we would go into other people's worlds and love them, serve them, do what we can to make a difference in other people's lives. So this offering today is actually not for us. It's not for us at all. It goes back out. And it's such a, it feels just so good to sow into something that's not about us. And so um, that's what today's offering is about. But just a little brag uh, about yesterday, and there's going to be some photos coming up in a second. Um, Thrive Crew were out and about yesterday. Um, I don't know if you know, saw this, but they were out and about, uh, and I think it was Long Jetty, Ron, was it? Around Long Jetty, Kalani Vale, around Kalani Vale, just turned up on the streets to help people clean up after all of the storms and after all of the flooding and just turned up to help. Here's some photos coming up of what these guys did, all the debris, just cleaning up, making a difference, doing that. So I want, yeah, let's give these guys one more hand. Fantastic. Uh, there they are, Thrive Crew, and um, it turns out Ron Rademacher uh, found himself on NBN News, they interviewed him, and, and just what an incredible thing to do, just to turn up with no agenda, not to convert anybody, just to turn up and say, hey, how can we help, what can we do, and uh, I feel so proud, so I feel so proud of Ron, I know, where's Shane, Pre- I know it was your idea, Shane Prenegast, it was Shane's idea to go down, and so I just love the body working together to make a difference. And so that's what REACH is about. That's one of the things that we talked about. So I just thought it was a great visual example of what today's offering is about. So in a moment, we're going to take that offering up. There are some REACH flyers, if you didn't get one, with some details on there. If you need to give via credit card, you can get an envelope at the connection point. Um, um, This morning, if you'd like to give by cash, you can do that. Or perhaps you want to give online. I think those bank account details are coming up. And if you're giving online or you have gave online or preparing to give online like we will do today, um, you can write your offering on a bit of paper or a card and just put it in the bucket because we'd love to just count what, what's coming in and next week we'll uh, announce that offering to you and um, see where it's at. So we're going to take that offering up. I'm going to pray and we're going to take that offering if the host can prepare for that. And um, yeah, let's just sow into the mission field way beyond ourselves, both local and global. I'm just letting my wife know that my offerings are now a bag in my wallet. So, Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. Father, I thank you for generous hearts, for willing hearts, God, to sow and give beyond themselves. I ask today, 
God, that whatever is sown today that would be used for your glory, would be used to transform lives no matter what the amount is, God, that we would be good stewards, that it would get to where the need is, God, that would actually make a difference, Father. And we look forward to hearing all the testimonies and the stories of how local and global reach impacted people for the kingdom of God. So, Father, I thank you in faith for this offering. And, Lord, it's an honor and a privilege to serve you, Jesus, in this kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take that up. Thank you, church. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your generosity week after week, actually. Thank you for being such a big-hearted, big-spirited church. If you weren't prepared today for that, that's okay. You can do it online through the week. Go to our website. The details are also on our website. You can make preparations to do that. And that is good. Good? Awesome. All right, we are starting our new series today, What the Health? And uh, I am excited to share this. And in fact, we're going to stay on this theme till at least Easter. Uh, I just want to stay on this theme of greater health for a few weeks. And we'll keep coming back to that through the year because it has been such a word that that is for our church, that we would move towards greater health. And um, I want to warn you this morning, I want to be really upfront and just tell you straight up, today's message is strong. Today's message is strong because it was strong and convicted my heart on several levels as I prepared it. And so I just want to tell you this, I'm not going to pull any punches. So I'm just going to tell you straight. Is that okay this morning? Uh, But as we talk about things relating to greater health and wholeness in our lives, we have to start with the basis for all healing and health, which is the cross. So we're going to spend the next 30 minutes focusing on Jesus. That's what we're going to do for the rest of our time this morning. Our entire focus is going to be on Jesus and the cross. I really felt God speak to me about this on Monday through the week, but it must start with the cross because the cross is the basis for all health, healing, and wholeness. It is the foundation to everybody's healness, sorry, healness, wholeness and healing, specifically Jesus' finished work on the cross. In the year 1418, the 15th century theologian Thomas Akempis, I don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff, but Thomas Akempis was an amazing theologian in the 15th century, a German theologian. He wrote an incredible book called The Imitation of Christ. Anybody familiar with that book? An amazing masterpiece. This is what he wrote. He wrote this in The Imitation of Christ. In the cross is health. In the cross is life. In the cross is protection from enemies. In the cross is heavenly sweetness. In the cross is strength of mind. In the cross, joy of the spirit. In the cross, the height of virtue. In the cross, the perfection of holiness. There is no health of the soul, no hope of eternal life, but in the cross. Take up therefore your cross and follow Jesus and you shall go into eternal life. Because it's an understanding, what a great quote, by the way. What a great piece of writing, because it is understanding the significance of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross that is the basis for your healing and your health. It is the basis for all healing and all wholeness and all health. In fact, it is the absolute key to walking in greater levels of health, is to actually not only hear about what Jesus did on the cross, but to actually understand it. It's the understanding, it's the revelation that brings understanding that actually brings greater levels of wholeness and health. Because you have to understand that what Jesus did on the cross, what he accomplished was a restoration of God's original design for humanity. It was a restoration of all things. Um, When God created mankind at the beginning, by the way, I know Luke Boyd last year preached a great sermon on Genesis about, you know, the understanding that God called things good. When he created mankind, he said it was good. In fact, he didn't just call it good, he called it supremely good. 
supremely good. God created things good. Um, Not just good, but supremely good because health and wholeness and thriving and vitality was always God's plan for humanity. It was always his plan for humanity right from the start in creation. That was his plan right from the start. You have to know that. You have to know the intention of God for humankind was always good. It was always health. It was always wholeness. But those of you that know, you know this story. You know, you know what happened. Those of you that know the Bible anyway understood that things became distorted. Things became distorted when mankind sinned against God. And at that point, pain, sickness, suffering, disease entered the human race. And everything changed because I want to just say it straight up to you. This is extremely important that you get reminded of that. I know you know this and those of you who've been around a church are thinking, I've known all this. This is like Christianity 101. I know this. But you have to understand this because the basic problem for humanity is sin. That is the basic problem of humanity. It's very, very clear that is the issue. In fact, in the field of medicine, if a doctor can't diagnose the condition, he or she is very unlikely to be able to prescribe a cure if they can't figure out what the condition is. Um, so therefore, the diagnosis of the human problem is of supreme importance. And the Bible's diagnosis is very clear and it's very short and it's very simple, sin. It's sin. No philosopher will tell you that. No political activist will tell you that. No politician will tell you that. But the Bible makes it very clear that that is the problem on the earth today. The greatest problem on planet earth is not the result of high pollution or genetically modified foods or overuse of antibiotics It's not the coronavirus. It's not even climate change. The greatest problem on the earth today is sin. That's not popular to say that, by the way. In fact, no one's gonna, if you go out and tell that message, no one's gonna go cheer you and go, yes, well done. If I got up and sprout climate change, everyone would go, wow, what a hero. It's not the popular message, but it is the truth. The Bible makes it very clear that the problem is sin. And um, since creation, sin has affected everything. Everything has been affected. I know some of you thinking, oh God, he's going into law and legalism. I promise I'm not because I'm not going to major on sin and minor on grace. But I have to make you understand what humanity's greatest problem is. And so watch what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin did what? Brought death. That's kind of the worst end case scenario of poor health, yeah? So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. There it is. That's the problem. That's the root. That's the issue, according to the Bible anyway. Now, thankfully, the Bible just doesn't reveal to us the problem. It reveals to us the remedy. It reveals to us the remedy. And that's the good news. I know this is basic, but I promise you, it's so important that you understand. And I'm going to go deeper in this in a little while because you have to understand that this is really the issue and it's still the issue today. Romans 3.24 says, Yet God in His grace... I love that. I could preach that all day. In his grace, in his grace, God is a God of grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. There's the remedy to all disease, sickness, sin, the cross. Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, you can be healed, made whole and set free. This is so important because the cross deals with the deepest roots of human sickness. The world just wants to treat the symptoms. The cross deals with the deepest roots of human sickness, but the world is obsessed with treatment for the symptoms. And this gets to the core issue of health because humanity's root problem is not physical, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. 
not physical. Um, in fact, a lot of health issues in our lives have a spiritual root rather than a physical root. Did you know that? For example, unforgiveness is a spiritual issue, not a psychological issue. Just let that sit for a second. You can't deal with guilt, shame, and condemnation through medication or just through counseling. The cross deals with the root issues. The root issue. I told you I wasn't pulling any punches this morning. Um, it deals with the root issues of people's lives. And when we wrongly diagnose our problems, we prescribe wrong answers. And I want to suggest to you that until we deal with root causes, we'll never find the healing and wholeness that Jesus died to give us. Think about it for a second. Um, I'm no arborist. Is that the word that people that grow plants and pot plants? Is that arborist or is that a tree grower? What is a pot plant fanatic? Horticulturalist. There you go. But all I know is our house is full of pot plants right now. And um, they're, they are thriving. They are flourishing, I have to say. Um, Arborists, horticulturists. But those of you that know, if you've got a pot plant that's sickly, right, and it looks sick and unwell and it looks unhealthy, um, it'd be foolish to attempt to nourish and restore the plant by only dealing with the leaves and only dealing with the superficial elements of the tree or, or the, the pot plant. In fact, no, 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 you ha- to resolve the problem, you have to go after the roots because the roots affect the plant. In the same way, often chronic sickness, I just want to say it straight up, chronic sickness, mental depression, perpetual anxiety, marital disharmony are all like withering leaves of a sick plant. And until we go after the root, nothing heals. You can keep cutting away the leaves, keep cutting off the leaves, and keep, they just keep coming back. But until you deal with the root, the underlying core issue, the outward and the visible won't get better. In fact, if you deal with the root, the outward and the physical and the manifest, what is outward and what you see will take care of itself, actually. In fact, by the way, have you noticed that the world is obsessed with the outward and the visible? Obsessed. Now, as long as we appear healthy, it's all good. I don't know if you're watching the current series of Married at First Sight. I know some of you are. You're not prepared to put your hand up. I know it's trash TV, but I know there are people in this room that watch hashtag maths and you don't miss it. None of you are prepared to admit I do watch that show. And uh, I'm going to tell you why, because it's like an out for me. I just laugh at everyone's dysfunctional lives and I enjoy it. But I don't know if you watch that season right now, it seems like cosmetic enhancements are on the increase. Every season of Married at First Sight, it's like the lips are getting bigger. Are you noticing that? The teeth are getting whiter. The skin is getting browner. Everybody's got a gym membership. Everybody is obsessed with physical outward health, the appearance of outward health. And it's funny as you watch them off camera and as the the producers interview them, they've all got these issues, deep issues, pain issues, issues from their past, and it's all coming out in this show. And I'm intrigued by the root causes and everybody's trying to do all this outward stuff to try to heal what only can be healed inwardly by the cross. And I think that's so important to remember. So many hidden root issues under the surface of life. In fact, think about modern science. I mean, even medical science has has identified you need to deal with underlying root causes. Medical science has figured this out. Doctors now know that many sicknesses and diseases are linked to the root cause stress. 
so many physical symptoms and illnesses are to do with the root of stress. In fact, I was reading some health articles, um, some reputable health articles, and um, this is what it says about stress. It says that stress disrupts all of your body's processes, and it makes you more vulnerable to life-threatening health problems. In fact, researchers linked excessive stress to cardiovascular disease, hypertension, elevated cholesterol levels, stroke, skin problems, migraines, and even fertility, infertility. Stress causes those things, and yet actually stress is still not the deepest root because under the root of stress is the root of fear. So even if you deal with stress, there's still a deeper root called fear, and if you don't deal with the underlying root of fear underneath it, you're never going to deal with the outward symptoms. You've got to get to the root cause. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? The root issue. The reason sin is the root issue of a lot of problems that is that separates us from the life of God. The reason sin is the problem is it separates us from the life of God. Think about it before the fall. Mankind had perfect relationship with God. They shared and had fellowship. Sin caused a separation. Isaiah 59.2 says, but your iniquities, that word iniquity means sin, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. That's why sin is the root issue. It causes a separation from God's life, which is eternal life, by the way. Now, the word for sin used in the New Testament is hamatia, and it means to miss the true end and scope of our lives, which is God. It's not just to do wrong things or evil things. It's actually to miss the mark. It's to miss the scope of true life, which is God. That's what sin is. That's why it's such a problem. Think about that for a second. When you sin, and we all still sin, we all do wrong stuff, and we all make mistakes and do it, so it's not to beat anybody up. But every time you willfully sin and do what you know you shouldn't do, you get off course. And you get off the pathway of thriving instead of moving towards God, which is vitality, life, health, freedom, wholeness. You begin to go on a pathway away from God, which doesn't bring you into health. It's so important to remember, we deviate from the source of all life. So just put this next slide up, Bron. I want to show you some stuff because I want to show you that spiritually rooted disease is the result of separation on three levels. All right, I told you I had some teaching this morning. Separation is the issue. Let's do the first one. So separation from God and his word and his person. Sin causes a separation. How many of you know when you do things God's way, you thrive? So basic. doesn't mean everything's perfect. You never get sick and everything's that. But when you live life God's way and live according to his word and you do relationship with God, it deals with root issues and you are healthy. But it goes to another level than that. It actually also, the second level is it actually causes separation from yourself. Separation from yourself. Why? Because separation from yourself is about not accepting who you really are. There are so many people at the core of it actually don't accept who they really are. It's about not loving yourself. Guilt and condemnation. There are so many people in the world today that if you were actually to really ask them to be honest, they'd say, I really just don't like me. I don't love me. In fact, and the cross is the only answer to that because it is in the cross that you realize that Christ died for you, for who you really are, not who you pretend to be, or not even who you think you should be, for who you really are. And thirdly, it's separation from others. It's a separation from others because breaches in relationships, hatred, bitterness, envy, jealousy, competition, performance, lack of nurturing, lack of love, all a separation relationally, and it's all to do with the fall. It's all the sin nature. How many of you know the cross is the basis for healing every relationship? It's possible to heal a relationship with somebody and not even ever agree with them again. But the cross is between us. 
and we make what Jesus did for us bigger than whatever happened to us. Think about it. I'm passionate about world politics and world events, and um, I tend to keep it out of the platform as much as I can. But one of the things I'm really passionate about is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, someone that loves that nation and really passionate about that and that conflict and understanding. I want to say right up front, it brings out strong views. There will never be a political answer to that problem. There's no political solution to that problem. The only solution to that crisis is the cross. That's the only answer, the gospel. Because it's only the gospel that brings inward heart transformation. It's supernatural. That's why the cross is the basis for all healing because it's the only thing that brings true supernatural transformation. No gym membership can do that. No counseling session can do that. Those things are good. All those things are good. But only the cross brings true deep inner healing to our lives in Jesus' name. Because what the cross did was reunite us back. It bridged the gap. It bridges the separation gap between me and God. And now because of what Christ did, I can step in and live his life, which is eternal life, which is wholeness of life, which is thriving, which is vitality, which is wisdom, which is contentment, which is peace, which is joy. All of the things that Christ died to give us is now mine because of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, as the band comes and joins me, that God united you with Christ Jesus and freed you from sin. He united you. See, I know the sin thing can feel so big and, and, and so big and bad, and that's such a word that really gets people upset. But listen, sin did separate us. Sin does separate us. Habitual sin, when you willfully disobey, you know in your own heart when you, when you do something you shouldn't do, and we all do that yesterday, it just separates, it brings, it, it affects the intimacy with you and God. But how many of you know when you're doing things His way and you're intimate and close with God, you just feel healthier. Just, it just works better. And the more we appropriate by faith the finished work of the cross, the more we'll walk in greater levels of health and freedom. The more we appropriate the finished work of the cross in our lives by faith, the more you're going to get healthy, the more you're going to get healed, the more you're going to be whole. Amen? I want to finish with one other topic. You're very quiet. I think it must be you're pondering what I'm saying today. But as we move, I've got about five more minutes to share because I want to share something that God showed me this week that I think is powerful. Because as we finish today, I don't want you just to think that the cross is only for the spiritual. <laughs> Somehow the cross just healed us spiritually. And I've talked about the spiritual being the root cause of every issue, and, and, and it is. But Christ died to affect every area of our lives. It isn't just for the spiritual. In fact, the Greek word most commonly used for salvation in the New Testament is the Greek word sozo. You might have heard that word. And it means to preserve, heal, and make whole. The salvation of Christ is holistic. It is, for, it is for spirit, soul, and body. It is a holistic healing to every area of our lives. And while I'm here just to plug for Gail, where are you, Gail? Beeman, Gail and Colin. Gail's here. And Colin, I just want to plug these guys. These guys, we endorse them. They have a ministry in our church called Sozo Healing Ministry, a prayer ministry, a deep inner healing ministry. Um, we, we're confident in them. We endorse them. Their ministry is powerful. If you would like some deep healing ministry, which is all based on the cross, isn't it, Gail? It's all based on what Jesus has done. They'll be at the back of the church this morning. You can go and have a conversation with those guys and get on the pathway to greater healing. But it is salvation for spirit, soul, and body. But He didn't just die to set us spiritually free. He died us to set us free physically, psychologically, emotionally, every area of our health. And in a minute, there's communion set up. We're going to finish with communion this morning. It was on my heart today to finish as a church on communion. 
on remembering the death of Christ. But I wanna just show you something because when we take communion, it is far more than just remembering the sacrifice that Christ made for our sin. It's more than that. It's more than that. When we take communion, we don't just remember that we're forgiven. No, that's only half of it. When we take communion, we remember that the death of Jesus bought our complete healing and our complete wholeness. I want to show you a verse from the New Testament that is quite profound. And I might just challenge some of your thinking this morning, but go with me. Hold off your emails until at least finish the sermon. (laughs) 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this. This is a profound passage. He says, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, talking about communion. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's talking about this group of people that were partaking communion. He says, he who drinks and eats or eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself. Watch this, not discerning the Lord's body. Watch the next verse. For this reason, many are weak and sick and many have slept. That means die. Paul says, many among you in the church, you're weak, you're sick, and some are even dying before their time. In other words, you are not thriving. Many among you are not healthy and thriving. Think about that for a second. Watch back up a verse. He says, because you are partaking in an unworthy manner and not discerning the Lord's body. What is Paul saying there? He is not saying they were failing to remember the shed blood of Christ for their sins. No, no, no. He is saying they were not discerning the reality of Christ's broken body given for their healing and their wholeness and they were sick as a result. In other words, the people in the church of Corinth were celebrating and remembering one half of communion. Let that sit for a bit. One half of communion. They were not discerning the Lord's body. In fact, let me just remind you, you know this stuff, but this is basic stuff that we need to remember. The the, the communion of the Lord's Supper represents, represents two realities. It's the cup which represents the shed blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. That's the first part. We take the cup and we drink the wine as a remembrance of the shed blood of Christ for forgiveness of our sins. It all starts there. But secondly, we then take the bread and the bread which represents the body of Christ. You don't take the bread for remembrance of sin. The broken body is for something different. The shed blood of Christ was for forgiveness of sin. The broken body of Christ was for our healing and our wholeness. Why? Because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So it's the shed blood. But the broken, torn body of Christ is for our wholeness. It breaks the curse of sickness and disease. Go read Galatians or 1 Peter. It says, cursed is the body who hits on it, sits on a tree. That's the body of Christ that removes the curse of sickness. Isaiah 53 verse 4 to 6 says, Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Notice that? Notice the difference? And so in taking communion, the people in the church of Corinth had come to the communion table and had treated something that was holy and precious as something just ritual. Just ritual. Just They'd lost the reverence. They'd lost the, the reverence. We take communion here once a month. We could do it every week. And it's easy just to do the whole, oh, we're just taking communion. Yeah, take the cup, take the bread. 
but not take a moment to actually discern the power in actually what you are partaking in. And that is what is taking the communion in an unworthy manner. It's not that you're worthy. That's the point. No one's worthy. It's His worthiness. To take in an unworthy manner is to come before the Lord and not actually understand the significance of what you're taking. I think for a lot of us, I was challenged on this. I felt like the Holy Spirit challenged me on the fact that when you come to communion, Brad, you thank me for the forgiveness of your sin that you have a new life, but you don't believe me for your healing and wholeness. I want you to just think about that for a second. Because in a moment, we're going to go take communion. And as you close your eyes, I want you to think about this for a second. Because I know for some of you this morning, there's chronic sickness, chronic illness, chronic issues, real issues that have never shaken, that have never broken, that you've never been delivered from. And I really feel in my heart today that for some of you today, as you discern the broken body of the Lord, that you would come into a revelation that He died for your healing. Do not let the enemy deceive you into thinking that healing is not for today. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He still heals. He still transforms. He still restores. One more verse as we finish. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3. I began to see this. As I, as I studied this, I began to see the blood in the body and it was just coming out. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who for, forgives all my sins, watch this, and heals my diseases. Some of you, the, the enemy has been deceiving you out of your healing and wholeness. Because you failed to discern the Lord's body, His broken body. So what I want you to do this morning, I want you to stand. I know it's a strong word. I'm preaching straight at it today. It's basic. And maybe listening online, podcast online, this message is not just for you. This could be a message that's heard wider. But there's a root cause that Jesus wants to heal today. And maybe today that you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never heard the message that Jesus came and died to forgive you of your sin, that you have been forgiven of everything you did yesterday. You've been forgiven for everything you've done today. And you've already been forgiven for what you haven't already done. That's our Savior. He's a forgiving God. He's a graceful God. If you haven't connected with Jesus, I'd love to see you after the service. But for the rest of us, what we're going to do in a minute, the band's going to play. And I've just put some emblems down the front. And what I want you to do in your time is I want you to come out. I want you to come forward and get your emblem and then take it back to somewhere in the auditorium. You don't even have to go back to your seat. Just find a spot. It might be with your spouse. It might be in a group. It could just be somewhere here. And I want you, and I'm going to lead you through as a church, a response as we take the communion together. And this is what I'm believing, that some sicknesses, some depression, some anxiety, some physical, it will break in Jesus' name. And it won't be because of my clever prayer. It won't be because of anything I said. It will be because of the power that is represented in the bread and the wine. Amen. Let's come. Let's come and take our communion.